Well, hello and welcome to my August Embrace the Hell Yeah conversation. I hope you've been doing well this past month and enjoy getting back into kind of real world situations. Maybe you're getting out a little bit more. Maybe you're doing some more summer activities that you didn't get to at the beginning of the summer, but I hope it's been good. I've had a great month of podcasts. I kicked it off this month with Wendy Reinhardt Kapsack. And she is the president and CEO of Produce for Better Health. She was such a delight to talk to about her journey into dietetics and how she's worked her way into the position that she's in. So I hope that if you are familiar with Produce for Better Health, hashtag have a plant, you might want to take a listen to this episode with Wendy. Second, I had Emily Tills. She is a young dietitian who started her own business kind of right off the bat, and she's had a lot of success. She has a lot of wisdom to share being a new entrepreneur, and if you don't follow her on social media, you might definitely want to check her out. She's just been going leaps and bounds with her business and her presence, and it's such a joy to know just having that conversation where she comes from. And then my final podcast this month was Kirsten Screen, otherwise known as Your Fitness Dietitian, and another great uh, IG Instagram account that you definitely should follow. I know that she inspires me every day with just her expertise, her motivation, but she has such a great story of her own personal connection to health as a young track athlete and then how she kind of came full circle and offering kind of that same advice and wisdom that she was seeking as a young athlete herself. So tune into that podcast if you have an interest in fitness and health and wellness. She is definitely a great, a great person to follow. So this past month, I kind of did not know and I was having kind of an epiphany of why didn't I know this, but the back about 30 years ago, there was the Americans with Disabilities Act that was passed, and it celebrated 30 years anniversary this year, and I think about 30 years ago, and I was actually a freshman in high school, and I cannot believe that I, I really don't remember this happening. Granted, I don't have the best recollection of a lot of things in my past. I don't have a great memory, but I this happened in 1990, and I was a freshman in high school, so it should have been something that I at least remembered a little bit. It also was introduced into legislation by Senator Tom Harkin, which is an Iowa senator, and I live in the state of Iowa, so again, there was a huge connection that way. But when I thought about this anniversary of the act, I wanted to get to know a little bit more about what it was, why it was passed, and what it did. And so if you're not familiar with it, Senator Tom Harkin introduced it into, into legislation in 1988. And he did it because his brother Frank was deaf, and he saw the struggles that his brother had, and he really wanted to do whatever he could to help his brother succeed and have a fruitful life. And this act changed everything completely when it came to civil rights and protection for the nation of people who had some type of disability so they weren't discriminated against. And I mean, if you think about it, throughout history, I don't think that there's been a lot of popular 
opinions of people with disabilities. You know, they've been ridiculed, feared, they'd be put into confinement places, they weren't allowed to vote, they weren't allowed to go to school. And granted, that's changed and evolved over the past, you know, decades and years. But that act was that key kind of civil rights law that prohibited discrimination against people with disabilities in all area of public life, including jobs and schools, transportation, public and private places, open to them and everyone just like them, anyone with a disability. And it protects all types of disabilities. It doesn't matter what it is, whether it's intellectual, whether it's physical, mental, those are all things that are disabilities that people don't think and know about. Why, you may ask, that I have an interest in this is because ultimately I never saw it as a disability and I never really saw it as something different. But my sister, Kate, uh, she had an intellectual disability. She had IDD. And I, you know, as a, as a young kid, I did not think my sister was any different than me until we started to go to school. And that's when things kind of started to become aware to me that my sister was different than me. I went to a private school just because I lived in a very small town and that was like right down the block for me. But my sister wasn't able to go to that school because there was not resources there to help assist her in learning. And so I went to my school and she went to her school, which was 15 miles away every day. And my sister and I are only 11 months apart. So we ultimately, she was a grade ahead of me, so she started school earlier than I did, and then I started school a year later than she did. And during that time, you know, I I remember being small, and I remember thinking, you know, Kate has to go to a special school because she needs extra help. But when it came down to everyday life with my sister, there was nothing different. We played, we talked, we were friends. Uh, you know, she didn't have a severe IDD, nothing that was very apparent. Um, you wouldn't know by looking at her. You would have no idea, except she did wear glasses, and she did have hearing aids, and she did have little things that were different, but I didn't see the difference. And then as we got older, that difference was even more apparent, and there was just lots of disconnect between you know, my sister and I when it came to uh, just things that we were doing in school, you know, I was participating in sports and I was doing things in school, going to dances, that type of stuff. And my sister didn't really have access to those things. Now, if she was with me, it would be way different because I would be able to bring her along or we go together or we do things together. And then as I got even older, I think that's when probably this act was introduced when we were freshmen in high school. We actually ended up being in the same class because my sister went to transitional first and then she went to first grade. So she kind of had an extra year kind of transitioning into school. But then we were both in the same school when we were freshmen in high school. And I did not see my sister at all in any class because my sister was in a room that she was with other peers of hers, learning what she could learn. There was some mainstream classes she did attend. Um, You know, like there was home ec that she attended, and I think there was some other classes that she attended as well. But there was no crossover between my sister and I when it came to classes. And that's where I felt that change 
And I also look back and feel that I could have been a better sister in that way and being more aware of what she was actually going through, even though I was more aware of what I was actually going through because we weren't going through it together. So this act kind of learning about it made me think about more of, you know, my sister was my sister and we did our lives together and it wasn't different to me, but then realizing that there was a huge difference. And these acts and this legislation is still something that is not very mainstream. It's not very talked about. And a lot of people don't know about it because they don't have a personal connection to it. You're not aware of it if you don't have a personal connection to it. And that's with everything in life. You know, if you don't have a personal connection to someone that has cancer, then you don't really know what it's like for a person to go through that type of experience, just like you wouldn't know uh, what a person would go through with an intellectual disability or any type of disability, whether it be deaf or blind or missing a limb or anything like that. If you don't know someone, you're not going to be aware of it. And so, therefore, I took this past month to just educate myself a little bit more, but also to maybe educate you all as well. And I think it's important because it's just one of those things that we don't talk about. We don't think about this whole population of disabled individuals that don't get the kind of respect or the kind of assistance or the things that they need where a lot of other groups do. They are heard. They are, you know, more aware. They are more out there. There's not a lot of people that are out there speaking for them. And I know that I could do better. I could definitely be someone who could speak up more. And I definitely have seen a lot of things that went on with my sister as she became an adult. That was really hard for me to watch when it came to her abilities and what she was able to do as an adult. And the biggest thing that I think was, you know, very hard to hear about what kind of things my sister struggled with. And granted, we lived in, my parents lived in a small town in Iowa, and the resources there are not as if they would be in a bigger city, but they could only do the best with what they could do. And it was a great place that my sister could, you know, live and live with my parents and have that assistance that way. You know, my sister woke up every day, um, well in time to catch her transit uh, bus that came to pick her up and she would be waiting for them because she was just so excited to basically have a purpose and have something to do and be a part of society and have a job. My sister loved that, loved having that uh, out, that place that she could go and, and do the things that You know, maybe her sister does or her dad does or what people do as adults. And she would go to work every day. She would ride a bus almost a half an hour there and back. She would go and learn different things that they could offer her. She worked in a organization that would help people with disabilities, you know, mainstream, find jobs, um, try to do things and teach them things that they could do as careers. You know, and she did things that are not glamorous. And a lot of people wouldn't even do that don't have disabilities. She cleaned bathrooms. She cleaned parking lots. She cleaned tables and trays. And she did a lot of crappy work. But she also got to bake and she got to cook and she got to learn things like that. That things that she could do for herself and things that she could do for her family and things that she could do for others. She never complained. She never 
didn't go. I mean, it would be a very rare occasion if Kate did not get up and go to work if she wasn't feeling well. You know, that was an instance, but she was there all the time. She worked in places like gas stations, um, fast food places, and she would go for an hour or two a day uh, to those places, and then she would ride a bus there and ride a bus back, and then she'd go back and work in the facility that she was at. And she just wanted to be part of society. She wanted to be part of something bigger than her. And I look at her and I think about how strong she was to go and do this every day and barely make any money, barely get paid for these jobs, but just do it because she wanted to do it, because she wanted to be part of something. And I think about anybody with a disability that that's what they want. They want to have the options that you and I have. They want to be able to do the things that we are so lucky and so fortunate to do. And I always said if she and I ever lived together at some point, that, you know, I would take her to a job every day if she wanted to go. I would drive her, I'd pick her up, and I would help her do that. And I, I really wish I would have gotten that opportunity, but unfortunately I didn't. But I know that whenever I complain about my work or having to go to work or, you know, thinking that, you know, I just don't want to do this today, that's not how Kate would have did it. Kate would have got up. She would have like put on her clothes. She would have got dressed. She would have been ready to go. And she would have did it with a smile because that's what she was. She was always just positive. She was always happy and she was always willing to work hard. And I, I think that that's the role model that I take. And I hope that people start knowing that these people want to have a place in society and they want to, to have the opportunity to be part of this world and to be one of us and to do the things that we can do. And I hope that if you're a person that's an employer or if you're someone that knows someone that can employ people with disabilities to do it because they want to be there. They want to work with you and they want to help you. And they are a huge asset to any business. And I know if I've, I'm ever in that position, if I can do something or I can make something happen for someone with disabilities, I would do it in a heartbeat because I know the ethic and I know the work ethic that they have and what it does to their, to their being and their personality and everything that you can do to lift them up. So that's kind of my personal story. I know it's kind of a very short snippet and there'll probably be some dispersed information about how wonderful my sister was and is and how I totally channel her every day in everything I do because she's an inspiration to me and she is someone that she is someone that I could never be and I'm so proud that I had the opportunity to be her sister but I still could have been a better sister we all could be better sisters we all could be better people we all could be just better when it comes to people with disabilities so thank you for listening I hope it spurred some thoughts or something in your head today and I'll be back in September maybe with not such a raspy voice but I look forward to chatting with you soon